Greetings and salutations, cool cats and cuties, and everyone in between. This is the anime podcast of some sort. It's an anime podcast, sort of. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it still is. We're still talking about anime on this podcast. I'm David Majors. I'm also DJM. My co-host, my long-time eternal favorite person to talk about stuff on the interwebs with that has to do with art and animation, my co-host, Jack D. Allister. Jack, we're doing a pause again. We are back. This is the triumphant return at this point. They'd start fading in some rock music and the contrast would get all deep and red and we'd have our weapons brandishing you know, you know the basic stuff the basic stuff but true, true uh, enough the the contract has been signed <laughs> the the t's have been dotted the i's have been crossed apos is back now for the folks at home let, let's give a quick rundown the anime podcast of some sort uh, is the spiritual successor to my run as the host of the A3 podcast on anime3000.com, in which Jack was my co-host. After that ended, I decided, well, I've really wanted to do my own anime podcast for a really long time, and I found this really awesome person that I like doing this podcast with, so I'm gonna just take him with me. Damn it, nobody's gonna stop me, and nobody did stop me. Uh, except for Jack's stage play and, and, and doing his own thing, which which is awesome, which I totally respect. So, APOS had to get put on the back burner for a while. Also, I had been dealing with some serious burnout, and I also screwed some things up really bad and nearly got evicted from my home. So, there was a lot going on in, in the, the last bit of time we've done this podcast but all that's done the dust has been settled the smoke has been cleared the the investigation has come and gone jack what's been happening oh man so i I guess i'm just gonna uh you know dive right into it it's been a crazy year financially and everything like that and uh part of the reason is because i forewent uh actually going to work that paid a wage and everything to uh be basically uh, like a supporting starving artist in uh starving artist starving artist a supporting lead in uh the stage play at my community college and that play was the 2012 gershwin jukebox musical nice work if you can get it now i i just want people to go out and find this it's you know it is such a fun thing there's so much to enjoy about it it is again 2012 but using you know, classic Gershwin tunes. Uh, the backdrop is this prohibition era type. And I was the one solitary prohibition cop. And you can see escapades about that on my Twitter, you know, uh, fun pictures of the tiniest little police chief, <laughs> this five foot five, like, you know, boxing stance, just running everywhere. But they didn't give me any, uh, like, uh, deputies or anything. It was just me <laughs> all by myself. So and that was for, a all, time. for all intents and purposes, and I can make this reference now and you'll actually get it for all intents and purposes. You Jackson were the beer baron. I was. Yes. <laughs> it's great too. Um, the, you know, the, the whole rum runners and uh, prohibition, uh, vice squad folks that would just dump the 
the uh, alcohol from the speakeasies down the drain because that's a good thing to do. You know, it was it was a load of fun and uh, people who have been listening to APOS or, you know, kind of know of the two of us know that I have only recently started delving into The Simpsons. And that kind of became a serendipity doodah situation because my director uh, wanted to meet with all of us and kind of figure out what our characters were about. That was a lot of fun. Haven't been able to really delve into a stage character for a while. And uh, when it got to me, I'm like, I was a former prize fighter. You know, he used to do some bad stuff, but he'd always kind of wanted to be a cop, that kind of thing. And uh, she stopped me. And we we were bandying about some ideas of some some characteristics to draw from, some, you know, past stuff. You know, you get into the method, the method of it. But uh, my my favorite moment was when... Uh, I mentioned something along the lines of, you know, he he rather kind of enjoys the idea of of uh, being a cop more than actually doing the kind of things that a police chief should really do. And she immediately just her eyes lit up and go, oh, and I had that Captain America moment that I've had for months at a time now of, oh, I understood that reference. So that was a lot of fun. It, it was I, just I... a joy to do. I have to say, your discovery of The Simpsons brings me <laughs> so much joy, because a- as a 90s kid in his 30s, The Simpsons was a fabric of my pop culture cult- consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, making Simpson references again, after it's been long since The Simpsons haven't really <laughs> been a-, a cool thing, it's been a long yeah. time. It's a joy to make those references again uh, in, in the it's... wake of steamed hams and, and just everything else. <laughs> seeing seeing the Simpsons be in some ways reborn without the help of the actual show has just been very satisfying. It's a perfectly cromulent way to uh, you know enjoy the entertainment of the day is to kind of see. You know, this thing that's been such a big, long-standing pop cultural thing, and people think it it's kind of lost its teeth, it's lost its edge, and I'm looking at the classic stuff and going, no, no, I, I see, you know, the political satire still being relevant from, you know, 30 years ago. It's, it's kind of wild. I'm on season eight now. I had to kind of drop off after Hurricane Nettie, which is infamous, uh, and uh, I'll be I'll be hopping right back on it and getting some momentum after you know finals are up. But it, it's still a lot of fun. It is absolutely a lot of fun. And to, that that to is that is great. That is so great. And it is great to do this podcast again because uh, I think over time it has evolved that uh, to make a comparison like a a session musician like one of my favorite people in the music world, British guitarist John Mitchell. Uh, He is a man of many projects and many outlets, and for me, making podcasts is my art form. As as much as I tell myself that there's really nothing to it at all, this is my art form, this is my hobby, this is my passion. Not so much the culture that defines the podcasts that I make, be it pop culture, wrestling, nerdy stuff, movies, anime, but but it is creating the podcasts themselves and conversing with someone like Jack. And I would say, like John Mitchell and Lonely Robot, uh, as opposed to It Bites or Frost or Arena, 
the anime podcast of some sort has evolved into my main project. It is a number one for me. And that that has always been uh, in the back of my mind to have this be my main project. So I am ready to go forward. I actually do have some new things lining up. But in the meantime, in between time, Jackson, let's talk about the, oh, yeah. the stuff that we talk about. And there was something that came out on Netflix again, because I know I have been for months, uh, in spite of the crunchy rolls of the world and the high dives of the world, been trying to tell... And even Netflix tell, itself. I've been trying to tell the community that Netflix has been acquiring a lot of really good licenses. And I it's think th- they finally found one that is potentially a smash hit with the anime fandom. And of course, it's from Sanrio, so that helps. That that definitely helps. This is an Jack. amazing move by Sanrio. But I did want to bring up before we get into the show description proper to let you know that, David, I don't know if you knew this, but I was doing a little bit of research before uh, we were going to talk about this to find out that Sanrio is not a newcomer to the anime series uh, game. They oh, no. did a, a couple of projects before this, one of which we've talked about before and not in the highest regard. We talked a bit about Show by Rock, which had an interesting oh, aesthetic, yeah. but it's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, mm, mm, yeah. it's, a, it's not good. It Thanks looks for reminding good. me about that one. It ain't good. But that's okay because we're talking about Agretzico and not and not not show by rock. No, so good job, Sanrio. We moved <laughs> on from cute animals doing J-pop rock stuff to a young lady named Retzko, who is a red panda, hates her job, and vents her frustrations through the power of death metal. Hashtag relatable. Oh my gosh, it's so good. (laughs) Show. And there were certain things that I couldn't relate to about Agretzko. As a woman, I couldn't relate because I'm not a woman. But when I saw what she was dealing with... You're not? uh, Spoilers. (laughs) Yes, everybody. Some of us are still cisgendered and heterosexual in the anime fandom. Some of us still are. (laughs) <laughs> just thinking of that Venn diagram of the Devilman Crybaby fans, where it's like, hey, you're a fan of anime. Are you also gay? Do you have problems with religion? Here you go. You're Devilman fans. Yes. <laughs> Some of us are still straight and, and cisgendered out there. There's like uh, dozens of us, I'm sure. Uh, but there, I, yeah. I would say they're still the majority. You know, it's, it's, a, sil- it's a silent majority. Silent, I would still say yeah. so. Because, uh, you know, but, it's a very vocal gay community. And and that is great. That That is absolutely great. It is good. But please be vocal, be passionate. But Agretzko, yeah, this, yeah. Was, this was a fun show of 10 episodes. And it did such a good job with all of its characters and the framework and how it told the story from beginning to end, where we see Retzko and Ton, the manager... And yeah, who, the, who the literal guess- sexist pig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was so good. I, I feel like I could just rattle down every character, uh, whether it's Fenico, who I know is everybody's sassy favorite. Yeah, uh, she is best girl. Let's be fair. 
Haida, who who is the the story of every dude that gets passed over, uh, and and it just goes on and on and on, even all the way to the yoga instructor and the two ladies <laughs> that would go to yoga. Protein. Oh yeah, Gory and um. Uh, Orian Washimi. Washimi. I was about to say Izashi for some reason. They may be my favorites in terms of design alone. They just look great. And and by the way, um, if you haven't seen or aren't sure if you've seen anything from Agretzico, first of all, oh, oh my gosh, the community is is great. I definitely need to do some designs of my own. But um, the whole thing is much more in line with Sanrio's character uh their their mo basically it's a lot of hello kitty very simplistic inspired uh designs david before you watch the netflix series did you watch any of the minute long shorts there's there's dozens of them no i was not aware of this at all i really yep. wasn't and it really caught yeah, me off guard uh, those, just how much those i are enjoyed very it. succinct it, uh, the shorts are really great. I would highly recommend anyone who has uh, was not familiar that they had shorts. Uh, you can find a couple of them on YouTube, and they're pretty. They don't get into the level of character development like we get in the show, but they're still really good, relatable moments. Uh, the whole thing kind of reminds me of a band that had kind of a following. Uh, maybe they were popular. I have no idea. I just listened to them because they were sick. There was a. Uh, humor core metal band known as Psycho Stick in the mid 2000s. Are you familiar with them at all, David? I've heard the name. So Psycho Stick has a whole deal that very much resembles, at the very least, the dub. I, I watched the dub. I don't know about you of Agretzico, all the all the little metal uh, moments where she's actually singing. It's exactly that kind of thing, and the the shorts are very much like that that too the one song i always think of called girl directions and it's just maybe the the i guess you could call it a verse it's a woman just going okay so you're gonna pass the burger king and then you're gonna take a right and i don't remember but you're gonna you're gonna go and you're gonna see becky there she'll be standing outside and then it gets into the chorus which is just this guy screaming over a guitar lick going give me the fucking address so it's that kind of thing and it was very similar in tone of this kind of comedic, uh, you know, screaming under the guise of death metal, <laughs> similar to Agretzico. So it, it kind of gave me that sort of tone. And a lot of the shorts are very much that. They're just kind of leading up to that moment of emotional payoff with Agretzico, which is so, so satisfying to watch. I think it we've really all been is. there. <laughs> just, just wanting to yell at people. As someone who is in and has been in office jobs, in, in big giant office buildings, in, in corporate facilities, that has felt their life force drained and their creativity stifled and has dealt with this for years, there were points of Agresco that were truly, truly cathartic. Oh, yeah. And when I had people that were watching this show that said that they found it relatable, but then they said they'd never really worked in a quote-unquote office job, I'd have to say, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't know what office jobs really are like. <laughs> what, what, what she's going through. And for, for all the youths out there that, that are getting STEM degrees, 
you're you're going to find out. You're going to find out. And then you'll really understand what a Gretzko feels like. Then you'll really understand what it's like to run into the bathroom and want to scream and then go home and play death metal as loud as you want to vent your frustrations. (laughs) You will eventually understand. And I am very much a endorser of the therapy of metal. I think metal is very cathartic. It's very therapeutic. It's it's a great release of frustration and aggression. And you don't have to pay 150 an hour for it. So that's a win-win. And it really is just fantastic all around. It was only 10 episodes and it had a good conclusion. I'm wondering how they'll go. Do you think if they get a season two... Do you think they'll go in the direction of Haida and Resco? I don't know if they're ever going to make good on that. Uh, now, th- this is a, this is an interesting kind of crossroads for what I imagine might have been in this office comedy because I'm not too familiar with them, despite the fact I wrote one. But I do know for a fact uh, that I-, I would believe, given the success of the show, that a season two is very likely. Otherwise, they may just go back and uh, dub all of the shorts and maybe add those to Netflix underneath, which would be great. I would love to see those dubbed in English. They have a pretty excellent English cast. I don't know if I if I uh, ever got a straight answer from from you. Did you watch it dubbed on Netflix or did you watch the sub? I wa- I watched it dubbed. I think the dub is great. I especially love the voices they gave uh, and the performances from Washimi and Gori. They were fantastic yes, because they had yes, these yes. wonderful moments of feeling like big sisters and, uh, you know, really successful bad bitches. And then they, you know, round the corner and then it's immediately this, oh, man, I can't walk in like this anymore. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and that, that that's a good man. The show is just really excellent about giving all different kinds of. Uh, not really straight answers on everything like, hey, we're all dealing with problems and you think you have it together when the person right next to you is falling apart internally, all that kind of stuff. It's just really, really good writing and very fun to look at. And it was just a joy. And I watched it. I, I watched a couple more of the episodes over again. And it, it's definitely good for a rewatch. Get some friends uh, come home on a Friday night after work and just uh, just go to town. It is a fun time. It's a good ride. Or, or just watch it on your own. Binge it. You can watch it on your yeah for sure. Like uh, binge it after a hard work day and uh, you know kick back with a beer, maybe get some snacks and all that kind of thing. It's really really good for that. It's a comfort show and you don't get a it's whole a lot quick of those. watch. It's a good watch. So if you yes. haven't already watched Gretzko, you definitely should. And and if if you have watched. Well, there's some little details like I didn't realize that the characters, aside from, you know, obviously uh, Tone, the pig, that the characters all kind of have a, you know, a subtle characterization based off of the animal they are. And, okay, this is this is going to be a little bit of uh, me showing my age in the opposite direction of what old man DJM tends to do. But, um, David, you're familiar with, you know, the popular DreamWorks animated uh, film series Kung Fu Panda, correct? Yes, indeed. Starring Jack Black. 
starring Jack Black. Now, I always really liked a particular character from it because of the emotional uh, depths you see from him. And that is the Red Panda Master, Master Shifu, uh, played by Dustin Hoffman. What's, you know, forget about that for a second. But the character always interested me because him being a Red Panda always gave me this idea of, oh, he, he might feel... Uh, inferior because he's so much physically s- smaller than this actual, you know, panda bear. He, uh, you know, he had to leave his master had to leave him. He's trained so hard all this time, and he's losing his patience with these, uh, you know, kung fu masters that are younger than him. You know, they're being defeated. His old student who has a disgrace is coming back to destroy him. All this stuff's just going on. His everything is just he's losing his mind. And as soon as I realized that uh, Agretzico, who I at first thought was a fox and then looked at the description and actually read it and realized she was a red panda, I just had to have this little headcanon in my mind. So here's Jack's fan theory of the day that Agretzico <laughs> is uh, the estranged, stressed out niece of <laughs> Master Shifu. <laughs> And she's just got the same amount of anxiety and occupational um, stress that he has to deal with. But in you a know, more th- controlled this could actually setting. be a sort of very anime esque prequel <laughs> where she left the, the yeah. country and moved to the big city of Tokyo to start a job and a life for herself. And she ended up in a job she hates. So you're saying that in in the next season, uh, when when the show comes to its ultimate uh, climax at the very end, we'll see the foreshadowing of Master Tai Lung returning, and she'll have to warn her uncle <laughs> before anything happens. And oh, the only man. way he'll listen no, is seriously, through death. And the only way <laughs> he'll listen is through death metal karaoke. Death metal panda. I mean, it uh, it was reported that they're going to do several more Kung Fu Panda movies, like, oh, you know, like the old Kung Fu, are. like the Kung Fu movie series. And, you know, that is what it is. Honestly, I'd like them to stop. But if they'd have to continue Death Metal Panda, <laughs> I would love that so much. That would at but least there is be... Something, yes. It would at least be... Closer to some of Jack Black's material, aka School of Rock. School of Rock. Can we just have School of Rock, but with <laughs> these characters? It'd be amazing. Uh, you know, they Same. they could do it. They did like the middle school spinoff of Attack on Titan. They could always go back to, you know, grade school for these characters, and they're all on their little James recorders, and then <laughs> then Jack Black comes in as a panda and goes, "Hey, man." let's do this let's teach you the finer ins and outs of rock and roll and stick it to would, the man would the yoga instructor end up being like a soundcloud rapper he'd have protein. to be protein, protein. <laughs> protein. <laughs> or he um he does the experimental rock uh album like uh small <laughs> did in the amazing world of gumball Hit yes. single, except for it's still just protein. Protein <laughs> over amb- ambient Enya-like sounds. Oh, come on, Netflix, it, hire us. 
And it sells 10 million copies. So, come on, come on, Netflix, hire us. It's it's happening. We've got your second season already. I'll even help oh. with Sense Eight. I'll help. Yeah, for sure. I'll mind. Come on, come on. Did you ever watch that? By the way, I never am to it. It's been a nonstop barrage of uh, drawing, drawing, and more drawing over top of uh, the dulcet sounds of Broadway theater, except not Broadway. Northern Cal. <laughs> Close enough. But Sense Eight, Sense Eight. I'll I'll tell you that that is it is on my list, and I hear more good things than I previously had before, uh, which was a lot of people kind of going, <sighs> which is I think is understandable. But the concept, you know, the creators, everything about it is definitely definitely getting on my list you know something i did want to briefly bring up i've only seen the first episode of it so far but i wanted to know if this was in your uh in your web at all considering netflix anime is a big thing right now and will continue to be a big thing well into the future i'm sure uh if violet ever was something that entered your uh your field of vision at all that one is on my list as well. It's it's on my list. It's gotten a lot of positive buzz. Uh, what I've seen of it, uh, I think the premise is interesting. The premise is interesting. So I'm willing to give it a shot. Sometimes there there's an anime where I look at the synopsis and I'm kind of like, uh, are we are we really going with this? Well. Then I'll jump in, and it turns out okay. That's kind of how I felt about Violet Evergarden, but I'm willing to give it a chance. I, uh, I I took a look at it on recommendation from someone who seemed the entire opposite demographic of it. Uh, you know, this is a romance anime, uh, primarily. That's what it's uh, listed as under genre. Under th- anime, which is not a genre, people. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm always going to be bitter about that. Uh, but it, it looks great. It has an absolutely you know gorgeous, consistent animation style. The characters are all really fantastic. The lighting is great. But you know, I, I'm pretty sure that I don't have a lot to go off of from one very slow-paced uh, episode. But I'd imagine, given the tone it's trying to create, that it is very going so it's probably one of those things that uh you know you'd come to at a you know you got your morning coffee it's raining and you you know you have some some thoughtful moments to yourself that kind of thing as opposed to you know our you know our popcorn in hand you know splayed out with your boxers uh a Gretzico watch you know different different things different shows for different viewing attitudes and that's what that makes anime great. With. Anime it, is a medium, not a genre. Yes. yes. Netflix. <laughs> Put in your favorite genre. <laughs> anime? Here you go. Have five different spanning epics underneath several different... Uh, I, I just can't. I cannot. Let's, let's keep it positive. <laughs> I know. That's another thing about this podcast. <laughs> 90% of the time, we try and be positive. We are. We we be positive. We're, we're all about the power of positivity. <laughs> like someone's on the anime podcast. 
Oh, yeah. And there is something that I'm pretty positively excited about. Oh, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Now, folks, Jack and I are both pretty big fans of the fighting game genre. And one game that Jack and I both have an affinity for is Blaze Blue. And the upcoming game from Arc Systems Works is called Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. It is going to be a crossover game featuring characters from the Blaze Blue franchise, from the Persona franchise, from Undernight in Birth, off the top rope out of nowhere, and yes, Cool Cats and Cuties, Ruby as well. Or Ruby. If you're a jerk like me, <laughs> it, I, I have, it is fr- I have friends that really like the show, so I can't. Ah, it it is it it is look good for cross tag battle. It's going to come out uh, at the end of this month in uh, Japan, May thirty first for Nintendo Switch, PS four, and of course the PC because we finally come to our senses. And decided to do a simultaneous release for the PC. As opposed to waiting months. Arc System Works. Months. But the thing I'm most excited about. And I think we've talked about this before, David. Is because of the English uh, nativity of Ruby. Being a series that was created... uh, Originally in the English language, I guess you'd call that an original English animation. If there, there's a, there's an acronym for it, it's like OVA, but I'm not sure. But because the characters spoke English in their original incarnation, they're going to dub not them, but the Blaze Blue characters, and for the first time, the Undernight in Birth characters, which I'm very excited about because. I am also a fan of that series as well. And then, of course, Persona, which has such a heavy fan base anyway. It did already have an English voice cast. So, you know, all around, we're getting we're getting an English dub for the characters. And you can choose dual audio. So if you want, you could do kind of a Marvel versus Capcom thing and have some of the characters in Japanese, which is really, really cool. What do you think of that, David? Are you excited? I think it is cool. And I am excited, and I'm excited that it's a it's a two by two tag battle game. That, oh, yeah. that feels like it would be really fun. It, tag games are are in right now, aren't they? Seems and, like and they're you, in. And you like Tekken tag tournament as well? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You're you're a Tekken guy. So th- I, I am a Tekken really- guy. So th- this is right up my alley, specifically since it's two two on two. I have had the fortunate pleasure of getting to watch a little bit of the beta in 60 frames per second. And one thing I've said about Blaze Blue more than any other fighting game is that it is just the most visually marvelous game to watch. It is such a visual wonder to watch Blaze Blue. It is a game that is so heavy on presentation visual effects, music, story, artwork, just everything about the entire Blaze Blue package is working so well in this game. And Arxis really put in a lot of effort into every character. You you can see 
just how much they're putting into not just the Blaze Blue characters, but the Persona characters who have some of the coolest astral heat finishers I've ever seen. Uh, I haven't seen too much of the Undernight characters just yet, just because there hasn't been a lot of playing them. And yes, Ruby and Whis from Ruby look pretty great. Visually, they definitely look like they're appropriate for 1080 or 4K, and their moves and their attacks fit right in with the Arc Systems games. Uh, I think Weiss, Weiss, whatever, is especially good. And Blaze Blue Cross Tag, if you can watch it in 60 frames per second, watch it in 60 frames per second. Oh, man. I- I'm usually not that kind of person when it comes to cameras, whether something's in 24.97 or or 30 or 60. I'm usually not that kind of guy. But if you can see Blaze Blue in 60 frames per second, don't miss that chance. It's it's a visual marvel. It it looks great. I agree with you. I was looking at some shots as I was uh placing uh my, I guess I can't pre-order yet the the follow button on Steam because it will be available on there, and uh, it it just looks fantastic. They've really updated uh, from kind of a weird looking heads up display from Central Fiction, so it it's looking great. It's uh, nice and streamlined. You can see everything that you need to see, and of course the sprite work is just fantastic when it comes to Arc System games, and of course Soft Circle French Bread who are responsible for Undernight. Uh, you know, they, they have amazing character designs to work with and all this stuff. So, um, you know, you might know, uh, about the roster and I'm sure people are really excited for that kind of stuff, but not only are they going to have Ruby and vice, I think, I believe that's how you'd say it. Vice. I took German for years. I should probably know that. Does she's boxing at an odd cafe? Uh, but they are also going to. Uh, offer for free DLC the other two characters that make up the Ruwubi acronym. Uh, so that's Blake and Yang. Uh, so that gets you the four. Oh, that gets you the four main characters of the Ruby series. Of course, the most representation is coming in from Blaze Blues roster, and they are going to include DLC characters for that as well, such as everyone's favorite infamous little cat warrior Jubei. And then a a sizable amount from Undernight and Persona, also with some DLC characters available. So we are in for a treat, and I'm really excited to see how they play up and everything like that. We've talked about Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle before, David, but uh, I don't know if we've ever uh, surmised about the gameplay. And uh, remind me, have you ever played any Undernight? Undernight, no. No. Undernight, no. Uh, Blaze Blue, I have played. I played a little bit of Persona at, at the anime club that I go to. Uh, I've I've touched Persona a little bit. I've had a few matches with Persona, uh, but Blaze Blue, yes. Uh, as far as Undernight, I can't really say how much of that will be adopted. All I can tell is that it is not identical to Central Fiction. That. Some no. people that I've seen stream and, and play the game in beta have said that it is not identical to Central Fiction. 
Yeah, it, it's looking it's looking a little different to me, and I don't think they're going to include any uh, mechanics such as the meter drain uh, from Undernight, which was really interesting. It, uh, kind of like a throwback to uh, French Bread's first project, Melty Blood, uh, which was a fan fighter. That was kind of what they uh, were mostly known for. But what I'm mostly interested in is the move sets of the characters because David, I I would like if you if you have if you have the time if it interests you uh, to find out about the Undernight characters. Uh, it's kind of unusual watching the gameplay uh, for a tournament for a game like Undernight because every single character in Undernight, bar none, has a move set where at least one move is a full screen reach. Like the reach on the characters is absolutely insane. It's nowhere near like, oh, you know, you have your quick up close attacks if you're playing somebody like uh, Noel in Blaze Blue, or you know, you have like a nice uh, melee, uh, you know, well rounded character with a moderate amount of range if they have a sword like Ragnar or Jin. And then you know your your crazy range characters that you just zone forever and then you win. It, it's it is every character has a huge reach and it's kind of insane to watch. Actually, if if anyone's interested, uh, the the fighting game mini series uh, for the the Super Best Friends channel, uh, they like to play things on Friday night fisticuffs. They actually did play a little bit of Undernight and Birth. They go through the roster that kind of stuff. Fun series, fun series. But when they got to Undernight, everybody was just in complete awe and near borderline despair of how each character just has something that you can press. Like a simple command and like a maybe circle and a button and you can just reach across the entire screen. It's a little bizarre. So I'm wondering if they're going to pare that down at all to kind of match alongside... Uh, you know, the more kind of basic, uh, you know, bread and butter fighting style of the Blaze Blue characters, even if they do have some strange movesets themselves. And then, of course, you have Persona in there. I have no idea how a two by two tag battle is going to work for a game that basically had that kind of play style to begin with because each character had a persona to use. It's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they all come together. And then, of course, I know that the Ruby fans are going to be excited to see how uh, the characters that they've seen these big elaborate fight scenes for, how those are going to play out. It's exciting. It's very exciting. And I cannot wait to play. You going to get this on PC, David? Hmm. Will I get this on PC? Or will you get your glorious shiny PS4? My PS4 is pretty glorious. And it's yes. right by my TV. I'll have to think. Because, <laughs> well, if you do decide one way or another, this is me putting down the gauntlet that I will very likely be unable to pick up uh, by virtue of saying, fight me, IRL, David. <laughs> See me in Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. I'm not saying no. We'll s- I'm not, we'll, we'll I'm solve not our saying no. <laughs> I'm definitely not saying no. I'll think about it. I, yeah. I will. I will think that over. Either way, I'm this guessing is a really fun time. seeing seeing it up close on my computer screen in 60 frames per second would 
definitely be something to enjoy. So, oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying no. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. We will see. We will. We shall. And it's all. It's already see. getting into tournaments. Blade so. Hmm. Oh man. Oh my gosh. Actually, kind of briefly, I do want to. Uh, this was something that I took a look at in the interim, and I don't know if it's something that you were familiar with at all. It, another fairly new fighting game. Uh, which had come to my attention, and surprise, surprise, I'm actually good at it. So you know, I'm not nearly as much of a of a glass Joe as I am in other fighting games. Uh, you know, unless I really, really clock in the hours, like Blaze Blue or Skullgirl, something like that. But uh, David, are you familiar with this? Is a really obscure title, but um, I'm sure once I get into the history of it, you might be a little bit more familiar. Uh, a little. A little game called Them's Fighting Herds. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, absolutely. For the folks at home, give everybody a rundown. All right. Uh, so once upon a time, there was a community uh, for the My Little Pony uh, Friendship is Magic show. And they had some animators and some programmers, and they started getting together this little parody fighting game that was getting a lot of fan uh, attention. And it was really kind of, I think they even had a crowdfunder for it. I'm not sure. But it was called Fighting is Magic. And Hasbro put the kibosh on that, understandably, because, you know, if your characters are all friends, you probably shouldn't be fighting. So these group of people who had been working so hard had a scrapped game. However, this is the coolest, one of the coolest things that I've heard about all year in terms of uh, creators being gracious and, and cool about stuff. Lauren Faust, uh, who'd previously worked on uh, some of her husband's work, like uh, uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, Wander Over Yonder, and then, of course, being the showrunner for the revival of My Little Pony, which has been so popular among... Uh, people, uh, she actually gifted the, the developers some original character designs for non-pony related characters. Like there's, uh, kind of a, I forget what they call it, like a, a Laoshim, which is a half horse, half dragon, that kind of thing. Like she came up with all these different kind of, uh, quadrupedal character designs and gifted that to them and the work continued. And then of course, Lab Zero games and the cool cats that they are in terms of development they're working on indivisible right now they actually lent the developers uh they're called main six i believe the skull girls fighting game engine and they developed them's fighting herds an original concept that actually has a lot of really interesting ideas gameplay and even lore and i was not I was not expecting that from something that started as a My Little Pony fan game. Them's Fights is pretty fun. It's great. It's it's only got six characters, but it is a lot of fun, David. I will say that. It's very chill, very fun. I have uh, seen it. Yes. I've seen enough of it to say it looks pretty fun. It looks solid. And I, I, I like the visuals of it. Mm-hmm. It looks and great. I was not a fan of the overall visual aesthetic of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. I did not care for the Flash style of that show at all. But mm -mm. in this I case... I think it looks really stilted. 
in this case, I think it works. I think this is a really fun looking and feeling game. And if it were to get a larger release or some updates, I think it could gain a, a pretty respectable following of more than just the people that you would expect. Yeah. Um, I did take a brief look because I got to be honest with the lore got me. The lore was actually really interesting. It's kind of this predators versus prey thing, but it's, it's a little bit fresh on the, uh, on the take of it that they have. It's pretty unique. They have fully formed civilizations for all the characters and their species. I got to tell you, David, this is, this is my proclamation. I think I've made it somewhat. I've hinted at it before, but your boy Jack, he plays fighting games for the story, which is a really bad thing to do. I enjoy doing that immensely. Jackson, I and when I looked know, on, I want you to know, you're oh yeah. not alone. You're not alone. Thank, thank God, thank God, because it's actually really fun. Like I, I, I'd like to believe that the people who worked on this, you know, they, they aren't all these crazy degenerates that uh, we like to. Uh, demonize as like jacking off the horse horses and things like that it's it's a really well thought out project and it's a lot of fun and the fan community uh uh, from i saw looking for you know little tidbits of story info seems to be kind of a mix like a 50 50 mix i'd say of some pony fans that are just residual from when the project was something else and newcomers and they are working on a seventh character kind of uh it sounds like it's going to be almost a lychee failing type gameplay for the for the new character because the the six that they have were based off of what they already had for their uh you know the pony fighters but they're adding new characters this is the thing that really gets me david this nice little detail uh and it doesn't have to do with the visual style it has to do with the music which we touched a little bit on with blaze blue blaze blue's got some great music this does too but it's really unique about it uh, you ever play Samurai Showdown? That's a series I really enjoy. I really love yeah. that series. Old Man DJM definitely played Samurai Showdown. Do you remember they had had kind of uh, different instrumentations on the character select screen when you'd hover over the characters? They'd have, you know, separate, not separate themes. It'd be the same melody, but they would just kind of alter it slightly for the characters. Mm, okay, go on, go on. They've implemented that on the character select screen for this so you have um let's see there's velvet who is a reindeer and since she lives in a cold climate she has this kind of ice power she's basically Jin. she's okay. Jin blue Jin, uh, Jin kazama and from she Tekken has or Jin from blaze blue Jin kisaragi uh from okay. from blaze blue yeah ice sword uh and she has jingle bells and kind of like a a new age synth for her backing instrumentation. And if you're playing as her and you're against somebody and you're really wailing on them, you got them in an air combo and you know, you, you they just can't escape. And then you unleash the super to f- uh, finish off your combo, all that kind of stuff. The game's main theme for whatever uh, background music from the environment that you're in will start playing a very strong backing track of jingle bells and that synth instrument (laughs) and what's more it'll shift during each of you know whatever's happening like if your opponent retaliates and they're playing let's say arizona the cow 
you'll start hearing Christopher Walken's favorite, a cowbell and a really nice kind of twangy banjo and a, a backing guitar bass. Like it's really fun. But the best part is if you get to a final round, uh, like out of a two out of three, and each of you has won a round, so the next one wins it, the music entirely, the the whole theme, will actually move up a key. They'll actually transpose it ah. a, a key higher to make it even more exciting. How very, like they how very really Street played, Fighter. They really, really played a lot, a lot with the same thing, and it's just a lot of fun. It's a really great ambient experience. It is on... Uh, Steam right now and Humble Bundle for early access. You do have to pay, but they're allowing the people who are in early access to have free updates. Uh, everything's fully animated. They've got six fully playable characters and all the animation is in there. They're continuing to add stuff. I haven't touched it in a few weeks because I've been so busy, but it is a lot, a lot of fun. So maybe that can tide you over if you got a little bit extra change in your pocket and you're really champing at the bid for Blaze Blue cross tag battle. You know, the fighting games, it's a really fun year for fighting games, David. And that's two years in a stuff. row. We were saying that I'm about ready. 2017 as well. And we we're still humming along. Never stop. Never stop. <laughs> never stop. Never stopping. Just like here comes the, the Lonely Island. Yes. Jack, here comes the game. Yes. And here comes the anime. Because yes. there's a show that was very near and dear to my heart, and I know as yours as well, along with the visual novel, Steins Gate Zero, Jackson. Yes. Have, have you caught this yet? The, the return of the legendary Steins Gate series. Have you checked this out? Uh, so that is definitely on my to watch, but I know little to nothing about Steins Gate Zero proper, but I do adore Steins Gate. I, like you said, I did read the visual novel and, uh, definitely a lot of the anime is, you know, really near and dear to my heart. Uh, we both, we both very much adore that infamous clip of I'm a scientist. You're so cool, son of a bitch. And the characters are fantastic. And, and time I will let travel. you know that so yes. far, about five episodes in, there is a good amount of English. There good. Is. Absolutely. But have they dialed anything back on the... Because that might be one of my... Might be a gripe of mine. <laughs> they, they have dialed that f- back as well. Well, thank all, goodness. All of the characters are there, and thankfully they've even dialed back Daru a little bit. Uh, he's still a creepy, overweight otaku, but he's not as cringeworthy as he was. Thank God. I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you, David, but Daru in the visual novel is actually more of a helpful and uh, level-headed character. Shocking. You know, to to go from that to the anime to the otaku stereotype. Why? Uh, wasn't Chaos Head the series before Steins Gate? That was kind of that similar uh, uh, story. Like that was like the prequel. I can't remember, but Chaos Head had this huge, huge otaku dork at the center of it. If I remember correctly, it didn't capture my attention because it did have that type of character as the main character so i'm glad that you know whatever in the semicolon anime series a uh, large span of this that they didn't keep going that route with steins gate 
or um, from what I know from Robotics Notes, which I still have yet to continue on with. But Robotics Notes was fun from what I remember. But uh, I'll give you a little bit on Steinsgate Zero. Uh, Yeah. Tell me tell me what's going on plot wise. uh, In the case of Steinsgate Zero, our protagonist. Okabe is back and he has ended up in one of the alternate time streams and there is an AI called Amadeus and the AI resembles Chris from the past timeline. Oh man. And that's all I'm going to give you. Oh man. So Steinsgate fans intrigue time travel. My angry. it's all back. <laughs> oh my god. I'm very excited. I should go back and, and take a look at Steinscape again. It's right there on Crunchyroll. It's it's happening right now. Beautiful. <laughs> it's So there it's you go, everybody. I meant I mentioned an anime on Crunchyroll that I like for <laughs> once instead of Netflix. There you go. There you go. I don't know, man, uh I, I wonder if uh how Crunchyroll and Netflix, you know, feel about being at odds with one another. I think it, they're both making me money. In knowing if there's anything and, about that. They, I'm yeah, guessing maybe Netflix, they're just not even worried. I'm guessing Netflix is pretty okay with everything else. And anime is just like the gravy on top. Honestly, that that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's like um it's like Time Warner and Comcast. They have like their little like, okay, well, we're gonna make money here. And you can make money here, and nobody gets hurt. Oh man! All right, one more it's, thing. Everything we're wrap is coming up, up. All right. It's almost summer, and you know what that means. It means that there are more anime conventions to go to, including here in the Great Lakes region of the United States of America. On top of that, my my dear friend Catherine, uh, who lives in Japan, is coming back to the United States for a couple of weeks. Here in the Michigan and Ohio area, there are two major conventions happening during this time of year. Anime Central, which is just outside of Chicago, and Colossal Con, which happens uh, around June time at the Kalahari Hotel Water Resort and, and Park in Sandusky, Ohio, the same place as Cedar Point. Usually those take place about two weeks apart from one another. So unless you're really, really crazy or you have a really crazy friend, you're usually only going to one. I've been to ASIN <laughs> nine or ten times. Last year, 2017, despite everything that happened there, was my first Colossal Con, and we, we all know how that went. So Catherine and I have decided... That we're going to be the crazy ones. Oh, no. And we are going to do both. We're no. doing ASIN. <laughs> and we're doing Colossal Con. Oh, Because man. Colossal Con is with you the Anime Club. Bad people. And ASIN is the convention that Catherine and I have gone to together for years and years and years. Multiple times. So, so that that is... That's kind of our one of our two main conventions that we go to. And Colossal Con is the one with the anime club, so I'll be there. I'll be making drinks, and we'll see how that goes in a couple of weeks. 
So, yes. Catherine is crazy. And I'm going along with her. Now, here's the really crazy question. Are you uh, debuting or possibly uh, coming, returning, making a return to any cosplays or cosplay plans? Not this time around. Uh, I just had way too many terrible things going on in my life. Uh, personally, financially, that, understandable. professionally. It just, it just couldn't happen. I, I just could not bring myself to do it this year. It just wasn't there. But I'm looking forward to going back to ASIN. It's the first time in a few years since I've gone to ASIN. And I'm looking forward to ColossalCon because it's an anime convention at a water park. In that June. just it's it's the swimsuit episode of your life is what you're saying. And it is given, time for you to reap what given, anime has sown. And and hey, so far after twenty seventeen, the first time around it went out pretty well. So who who knows what could happen this year? Who knows? <laughs> the the whole anime club is just like David, you stay out of trouble. And and we're not gonna put a sock on the door for you this time around. <laughs> I don't know. She she came on to me, man. What do you want me to do? She she came on to me. What was I supposed to do? But but I'm oh, I'm looking man. forward. To I don't it. know. If... <laughs> I'm looking forward to going to conventions again. Me too. I'm I'm really scrapping around, and um, Memorial Day weekend will be my annual trip to. Uh, Fanime, the largest uh, Northern Californian uh, anime convention in San Jose. And uh, I had to pare back on a lot of my cosplay plan. And some of which are still continuing just later on in the year. And some I'm scrapping for uh, personal reasons until something or other clicks inside of me and I'm able to uh, monetarily afford them again. But this this will be in a tribute to uh, just how much how much nice clothing I, I just happen to have that surreptitiously happens to be like uh, like characters that I wanted to portray for a while. But um, uh, I was going to debut Roger Rabbit because my massive amount of friends who like to cosplay Jessica Rabbit. I was going to bring that to Fanime as a celebration of the 30th anniversary, which is coming up this summer, of the film's release. Uh, but that'll have to be wait. That'll have to wait for later on in the year. Uh, Starscream fell out because my Megatron uh, gave up. Basically, <laughs> I, I failed him too many times, I guess. Um, but what I do have, David, uh, is durable and new. So I'm bringing back Cuphead from this earlier this year and the award-winning success that that has brought me uh, just for fun this time. I was too late to sign up for any uh, cosplay events, but that doesn't mean that those skits aren't going to get used. I have a really great idea for um, making that making that tutorial meme that everybody really loved uh, hammering home fresh and new again in that classic vintage style. But that's time right now it's just being cuphead having fun uh earlier this year uh to those who knew following me on twitter i finished up fix it felix from everyone's favorite wreck it ralph which is also returning this year so that's exciting and then of course 
I just so happen to have enough suits, dress shirts, aprons, and etc. to bring not one, not two, but three, David. Count them three Simpsons cosplay. Oh my. <laughs> that I only have to make some I only have to make some props and I will run through what those are. Uh, I'm bringing Mo Sislek, everyone's favorite uh, tavern owner. But uh, because of, you know, recent events, unfortunately, I will not be able to bring my blunderbuss with me. So I am instead opting for a frosty mug of everyone's favorite Duff beer that'll be brought along with me. I'm going to be working on that this week. for me. Duff beer for oh, you. Yeah. If you get I'll on the wagon, a Duff, make you'll sure it's have the Duff one too. <laughs> this lesbian bar has no fire exits. Enjoy your um, death trap, ladies. <laughs> that was a good inflection. Uh, just like Dan, take it to the bank, boys. Uh, I'm also bringing along. Uh, everyone's favorite meme, steamed hams. I have a pink pinafore apron, a a metallic serving tray, and on the day of, I will be purchasing McDonald's, I'm sorry, Krusty Burger, and placing it decoratively on said serving tray. <laughs> so that will be a lot of fun. Uh, but Aurora my favorite... Borealis. <laughs> yes. At this time of day. <laughs> this part of the country <laughs> but but my absolute favorite and this is no surprise to you david or anybody else but my favorite is going to be uh what i'm going to be doing most of my prop work for this week uh i'll give you a hint i'm making a uh nuclear power plant id with the level of uh clearance all that kind of fun stuff i like making fake ids not real fake ids but fake ids for costume purposes <laughs> and ask anybody about last year and you'll find a uh hello my name is the angel gabriel uh tag on the inside of the theater building from our production of immaculate but i'm also making the company issued plague sorry plaque that reads don't forget you're here forever so that'll be what i'm working on i'm gonna be uh, Waylon Smithers Jr., and that's actually the one I'm the most excited about debuting for Fanime, and I don't know why. <laughs> Going to an anime convention is The Simpsons. It's going to be fun. still a perfect fit. Like You'll fit right in. <laughs> it's good. It, it's, a, it's really... <laughs> oh, I thought you meant perfect. a perfect fit for me, but it is. It still is. It's really unfortunate, uh, but it's, it's going to Jack... be a lot of fun. It just reminded me that, especially with Asen in Chicago, because I've said many a time that with the exception of Yomacon right here in Detroit, my favorite point and time and place anywhere in the world is Saturday night at an anime con. Now, unlike a lot of anime fans, I love big conventions. I love... Big, giant, crazy conventions with thousands upon thousands of people. Because, especially on a Saturday night, it is a a rare moment where all of us, people that may not feel so necessarily in tune with the fabric of society, have just absolute total freedom 
and I'm really looking forward to that because I'm long overdue for a convention stress relief. And with my friend Catherine, I'm I'm just I'm so jazzed, Jackson. I'm so jazzed. Me too. Like, we just talking about stuff. it finally. Finally just talking about it and getting it out there before Catherine flies in from Japan. Now I'm finally starting to feel excited and positive about it. It's exciting. It's really exciting. It's ah, it's, oh, it's gonna be great. I'm I'm ah. ready. I'm ready. I'm We're ready to gonna have cause. Some... I'm ready to cause trouble and and have fun and maybe have some maybe have some fun of of a TVMA nature. I came to kick bubble gum and chew ass. I mean. Well, no, that that works. No, that that works too. <laughs> that works too. And this podcast works too, be Jackson. This podcast it works did. too. We did it. We talked about some stuff. We talked about anime. We talked about video games. We talked about conventions, like a real anime podcast or something. And it we feels did. great of some sort, even. God, Holy Jack, cow! Thank you, thank you, Jack. Oh. I just. I cannot express enough how I how much I enjoy this. As I, as I said at the beginning of the show, APOS has become my main number one project, and I can't thank you enough for coming back to do this with me again. So tell everyone what you've got going on, where we can see your wares, and and just just everything. Do the thing, Jack. Well, I have the finest wares in the land. And uh, you can find me most uh, commonly on Twitter at Jack D. Tyler D. I like to yell about cartoons, make a little threads every once in a while. And yes, me and David, we have us uh, some back and forth. Uh, uh, you're always welcome to DM me about commissions, things like that. I'm just wrapping up a couple that I got from Free Comic Book Day, but I didn't get too many this year. So I'm still open for uh, maybe two or three more. So if that interests you, you can check that out, Jack D. Tyler D. I mostly post my artwork first and foremost, as well as some cosplay photos, uh, musings uh, in more long format when I don't want to do a Twitter uh, thread on Rock Behind the Wheel on Instagram. And I have live events and um, my story popping with my reactions to stuff that I'm watching and drawing and all that kind of stuff. I'm, this summer, I'm going to be trying to do a few more live streams uh, kind of in the vein of what I used to do uh, before. Uh, if people remember me from YouTube, so check that out. Rock behind the wheel on Instagram. Uh, Jack, what was that YouTube <laughs> channel? Oh my god! All right, hold on. It's the 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 end joke has come. I'm actually gonna see because the last time I typed it in like this, it actually did the pr- proper th- supposed to do. So let's see if my YouTube is, has finally. Is that Jack <laughs> hates the YouTube name he's stuck with. <laughs> Well, I don't hate it. I just wish it to change like it was supposed to. Literally, the the first Google result. Oh my god! (laughs) YouTube, why, why are you doing this to me? All right, folks. So, my YouTube. It's YouTube.com/slash/user/slash/YoshiStarsPirit. It's supposed to be Count Jack Noir, but it still hasn't changed. God damn it, YouTube. 
god. And if anyone out there knows how Jack can change his YouTube handle to be appropriate, send Jack a tweet at Jack D. Tyler, too. Help Jackson no. out, everybody. Don't do it. Life is suffering. You make me suffer like you have. Uh, it still comes up if you type in Count Jack Noir, which is also my Google Plus if you're using an outdated, uh, unusable social media. But, you know, folks, whatever works, works. I'll usually just link my stuff to my social media. David, take us home. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the anime podcast of some sort. I'm DJM. You can listen at DeltaJulietMike.com. You might also hear me on the Record Breakers podcast with my boy PD Rave and the Record Breakers crew in the not-too-distant future. And thanks, as always, for listening. You can find us in iTunes. You can find us in Google Play. You can find us in Spotify. If you have a smart device, you can listen to the anime podcast of some sort through the power of TuneIn. So listen wherever you please, wherever podcasts can be aggregated. Thanks so much for listening, and APOS is back.